You guys know how supporting local business is in our blood. We're super excited to tell you about Denver Rubber Company, and it may not be what you think it is. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, to custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. And guess what? There's snow on the ground right now. We've already had a bit of it, and we're certain to have a bunch more. You'll need Denver Rubber Company when it comes to anything snow plows. DRC can cut to size and pre-slot most snow plow rubber. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. We went and checked out their warehouse a few weeks back, and it was nothing short of amazing. These guys have created proprietary materials that make up the inside of wind turbine blades, and we even witnessed machines that cut material that are used in bulletproof vests. Remember, Denver Rubber Company Custom makes it all, and you can purchase products for yourself and, of course, buy bulk at a fantastic rate. They're a family-owned business with a loyalty only to the people, just like us here at DNBR. Be sure to call them today for any of those snowplow needs or for anything else, whether it be custom gaskets or hoses. You can reach them at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnbr and tell them who sent you. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scores. Nathan McKinnon, Cole J, T, Comfer, 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog, collective hugs, 29 and 92. See me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. <laughs> Welcome into the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or check out online at mygreensolution.com and use their express checkout for pickup. You'll be in and out in minutes and you can use code DNBR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley back from the bitter cold of North Minnesota. Here to answer some of your questions on the day. AJ, hope you're doing well back from the trip. Are you ready for this? Yeah, 100%, man. It was a uh, it was a nice trip. Uh I hate to I hate to give Minnesota credit, but um Excel Energy Center is awesome. I really like that building. Everything but the team can be cool. It, well, and you know, I have what I have I will say uh before we really get going. I love the way that the, the 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 stadium is kind of integrated into stuff to do down there. I walked out of the front door of XL last night, walked across the street, and went to a bar for two hours, literally yeah. across the street. And that's and and what was crazy was I had a hundred options. I, right. I if I walked a mile down that road down just that road down West seventh. Uh, it's all it is, is just, uh, food and drink and bars and hotels and different things to do and, uh, different places to go eat and all that. It's, it's, it's crazy. And And that's what kind of all those new arenas are doing, right? They're building a district essentially. Right. Well, and like you take, you look at, 
uh, Coors Field. Coors Field did that. Yep. They built Coors Field and then they built around it. And it was perfect. I mean, it's amazing. Right? But um, Pepsi Center just isn't like that. You know, Pepsi Center has Brooklyn's. That's which, it, basically. And yeah. that which is partially owned by the Cronkies. So it's like, mm. well, I mean, maybe someday they'll tear down Elitch's and get all that <laughs> sorted out. But And yeah, I just, you know, and obviously you can't just like move Pepsi Center. It's just to me, I think it's disappointing the the lack of development that's taken place around Pepsi Center uh, in terms of, you know, and obviously having Metro State right there that yeah. built up its campus a whole bunch, that's um, a factor that these other places don't have to deal with. But uh, I will say parking at, at the X looked like it was a total nightmare. <laughs> I'm sure with all that other stuff there. Yeah. Well, and because it's also connected to like, uh, like a courthouse and uh, the science museum and an amphitheater and like, there's all kinds of stuff that it's it's just like connected to. Uh, it, it reminds me in St. Louis of that way, where it's like this huge collection of massive buildings takes up like three city blocks. So it was cool, though. I liked it. It was a good trip. Um, the weather was identical, so at least I was prepared for the cold when I got there. I did not like the wind, though. That was not cool. I hate wind, just in general. Yeah, not just cold wind, but all wind can. I'm just not a fan. I, I will give one shout out to the very friendly Minnesota Wild fan who bought me a bunch of drinks at the bar last night because he <laughs> he thought that I had a cool job and was was just like, I'm buying you drinks. You got time to kill. I'm buying you drinks. And his girlfriend was like, we don't know this guy. <laughs> and he was like, nah, I'm Minnesota nice. We're buying him drinks. And so we ended up hanging out for like an hour and a half until he had to go to a steakhouse. Cool so. beans. Yeah, it was, dude, it was a wild time. It was a wild time. All right. Well, let's jump into some questions here. This one, we can expand on something you were talking about on Twitter earlier. But Ben asks, if the Avs win the cup with the roster as it is currently, Batman hands the cup to Landy, and who does Landy hand it to next? EJ or McKinnon or someone else? It's McKinnon. Yeah. Gotta be right. Uh, <clears throat> I would think it's McKinnon, uh, but you could make the argument for EJ. Totally. He would be the most tenured player at that point. So it would make sense in that regard. But if the abs are winning a cup, it's because Nathan McKinnon led them to one, right? Yes. So pretty simple there, but I wanted to spin that into into what was going on in your Twitter with Landis Cog. The Avs have talked about, you know, they're probably going to start up conversations about future contracts here pretty soon. Landis Cog is eligible to be extended on July 1st. Where is that contract starting to look now? We talked about this in the preseason a little bit. You know, he could get paid a lot if he puts up another season like he did last year, but now he's been hurt for a significant portion of this season and what does that do to his price range well obviously the it'll keep the points down uh and to be honest he was only off to an okay start this year um, yeah seven points in 11 games before yeah. he got hurt and that's you know it's not like seven points in 11 games that's a disaster it's just that 
in his career, we have one very large outlier of a season. Yeah. And that was last year. But other than that, he is, if you were to average his, his career out uh, and take out his sophomore season, which got ruined uh, and the, 1617 season just because it was a waste of time for everybody. He's pretty steadily a 2035 guy. Now yeah, he might score 22, he might score 27. But he's pretty much in that range. That's where you start with Landeskog is about a 2035. So a 55 point season and then you kind of go from there. So, um, and when you ask how much, uh, the conversation going on on my Twitter today, uh, I've been telling people more than Anders Lee, um, who <clears throat> is not as consistent to score as Landeskog, but has consistently scored more goals. So I don't think it would be much more than Anders Lee because Anders Lee's got a couple of 30 goal seasons. He's got a 40 goal season. And ultimately, uh, they they both kind of sit in the same general area of 50-ish point guy. Um, it's just that Lee will score a few more goals, I think. And he got he got uh, seven million. So so he yep. got a, he got a seven by seven as and he was captain of the Islanders. So I think that's probably the the comp that they use. Um. I would say for Landeskog, probably seven and a half million would should be fair. Uh, if he was to go out this year and have another thirty-five goal season and put up seventy-five points, I think that would change the math. <clears throat> but it does not look like we're headed for that. So, uh, assuming that Landeskog does eventually come back healthy and you know puts up, I don't, I don't even know how many games he'll play this year. But let's say he puts up like 40 in 60 games. Then sure. <clears throat> then that's pretty in line with his career for the most part. And I think you're probably looking at, at a little, just a little over seven. Um, certainly under, you're, you're not even really even approaching the Jeff Skinner deal at nine million. Obviously points pay. Does the defensive acumen for Landy help push that number more towards an eight? Uh, you know, <clears throat> I think that again, using the Anders Lee, uh, two way, a very good two way player for them, who is their captain for the Islanders. Uh, a lot of the intangibles ended up being a big reason he got the money that he did from the Isles, and so I think that's already factored into that math. Uh, just using that that contract comp, I I cannot see a world in which you realistically give him more than eight million, barring a massive explosion when he comes back from from injury like uh you know he puts up 60 points anyway this season kind of thing yeah yeah that sounds about right to me seven and a half to eight is what i was i was thinking you're looking at term there he is the captain does that help push it to a long number seven eight years you know at, at 28 i i would say you want more six years than eight years um because you really don't want to be paying prime prime prices. I hear you, but 
also as the captain and part of the core of the team, sometimes those are hits that you have to take. Right. But you can, you can avoid that though. You know, I mean, EJ, they went to what? 34, 35 with him. Yeah. That's where I would, that's would be my target age range as well. So six, seven, yeah. I would go, I would prefer six. Um, if they wanted eight, then obviously you settle at seven. And you just hope that it's not too big of a deal. I would say <clears throat> the longer it is, the lower the AAV would be. You're trading. Makes sense, right? Yeah, because you're going to be trading 30, age 30 seasons. Um, so if you say, hey, eight years. Then maybe you ask him to drop it all the way down to six, seven, five, you know, something like that. So that there's, you know, there's a good chance that the last three years of an eight year deal, he's not worth six and a half million or seven million at that point. So um, that's, that would be my approach is if you want a six year deal, we'll give you a seven and a half. If you want an eight year deal, we'll give you a six, seven, five kind of thing. Well, Landy under seven is definitely something I can drink to. So it's time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. They were established in 1990 here in Breckenridge, Colorado. I'm sure you've heard me rant and rave about many of their beers. Some of the ones that I haven't talked about that much are their oatmeal stout or their Christmas ale. They're constantly coming out with seasonal ones as well. I really like the one they've taken off their shelves now, which was their fall ale. I think it was a I'm not sure if it was an amber or a porter. I can't remember, but I really like that one as well. Or you can go with one of their classics, like their world famous American Amber Ale, which is the Avalanche. Really can't go wrong with any of their beers. They have everything, any type you want from IPAs to vanilla porters. You cannot miss with this company. So keep an eye out at your local Davidson's or any other liquor store for that matter for Breckenridge beers. And make sure to keep an eye on the Breckenridge event calendar over on ddnvr.com as well. It's been out there for a while now. The next one is the Denver Broncos watch, not watch party, but tailgate out in the parking lot outside of Mile High where you get free brick beer. Keep telling everyone you got to go because free brick beer is the best type of brick beer that there is. So just come out and have a good time with the DNVR crew. Next question. This one comes from looking for group. I assume LFG 0001. I'm assuming that stands for looking for group. Sorry if it doesn't. Uh, it, I would say not anymore because that's how you, that's what you and I know LFG is. Yeah, that's true. The kids these days. Yeah, it is. LF go. Yeah. 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 That makes way more sense. Yeah. Well, I, if it's neither of those two, then I've really screwed the pooch on this one, but Opposing teams for checking leads so often to the abs being bottled up in their own end and being unable to clear the zone. Can anything be done to alleviate this problem? Evan and I have talked about this quite a bit systemically. The number one thing is forwards coming back to support the breakout. And yeah, there are other factors to this as well. We've talked about this with Sam and EJ a little bit. The defensive partner needs to be a legitimate option to bail out situations where if Gerard is getting double teamed and things like that. But simply the Avs just need to present themselves as options a little bit faster, a little bit quicker to be able to escape those heavy four checks. 
Yeah. Um, forward support is a big thing. This is also where the depth is really hurting them. Yeah, that's definitely true. When you have more quality options, especially in those top lines, when you can feed it to a Rantanen or a Landeskog, and then on the second line you have breakout machines like Donsko and Burakovsky to work with. There was a there were two sequences last night uh, where I watched Avs defensemen uh, make quality breakout plays, and it wasn't a it wasn't a perfect pass. It wasn't tape to tape. But it was it was a it was a puck that should have been handled, and um, I watched as I watched as two forwards who would not be in the lineup regularly, uh, and you know under good health situation, <clears throat> fumbled both of those breakouts, and I think that there's a disconnect. I think that there's a lack of confidence from the back end right now that when they make a play to a forward that they're going to, that they're going to make the play. You know, I, you get a puck near McKinnon more often than not, he makes a play. And that's something that we've gotten kind of spoiled by with Rantanen and Landeskog as well. The last couple of years is that if you get the puck close to them, they have the ability to kick it off a skate, uh, to, to settle a bouncing puck, to do all the little things that separate very good players from solid players or even just okay players, you know, yeah. being able to handle pucks at high speeds uh, is, is a big thing. And the lack of the forward support. And I think a, a, a sagging confidence in half of these guys at the, at the forward core, you know, even, even a guy like Matt Nieto, you know, they're very comfortable with, but you know that that's not what Matt Nieto does. If they pass it forward to Matt Nieto, Matt Nieto is more than likely just going to chip it off the boards and go chase it and try to use his speed. Because that's his best attribute. It's not his hands. It's not making a play with the puck. So I think that it's just kind of a it's a it's a bunch of little things right now building and uh, contributing to um, a problem that they you know it's it's I don't think it's like a huge problem. I just think it's it's the world that they're living in right now, where they yeah. just have to find a way to survive despite this. Because I don't think this is going anywhere. While the lineup looks like this, this is this is just their reality. I mean, if the Avs' biggest problem when they're seven injuries deep is some breakout inconsistency, that's not too bad. <laughs> right. <clears throat> and I think last night we saw the legs become a problem uh, yeah, as well. Yeah, they were obviously dead tired in that one. I don't think there's any doubt about that unless your name is Kale McCarr. So. Well, and, and then, you know, today in optional practice where the guys who skated were injured guys and scratched guys. Yeah. And... Uh, they've already canceled morning skate for tomorrow. So <clears throat> it's I, get to the three day break for those guys. Exactly. Right now, they, are, they are like, we have to play tomorrow. So what will be, will be win or lose. It's whatever. It's the three day break. We just need to get out of tomorrow without any additional injuries and uh, use the three day break to, to heal up because I think they're going to come out of that that three day break feeling much much better. I think I think they could add. Um, you know, we don't really know the, the the status of Calvert, so I won't talk about. I won't speculate there. But I think that there's a decent chance that uh, Wilson, Rantanen, and Jost are all back in the lineup next Wednesday against Edmonton. 
All right. Well, if the Avs are getting all those guys back, that I would mean, that helps a lot. Yeah, they would. Uh, it might even say it would uh, make them golden. And if you guys haven't heard of Gold Boys Wholesale and Distribution yet, you're in for a treat. Gold Boys Wholesale and Distribution is all about innovative, top-quality products from their own clothing line to brands such as Cookies and Supreme. They have delicious CBD drinks, lip balms, bath scrubs, vape pens, gummies, you name it, they carry it. They also have their own Denver-made line of CBD products, as well as Quanta Muscle Rub, Rehab EX, and many more. Visit them starting November 29th for their grand opening from 4 to 8 p.m. with amazing Black Friday deals, good music, and and delicious food or check them out online today and have products shipped straight to your door the inside of this smoker boutique is something you have to see for yourself it was designed to inspire motivate enlighten and do everything for the people that come in we're talking huge murals of nelson mandela oprah martin luther king jr and so many more with quotes and inspirational sayings across the walls it is truly one of a kind and you've got to check it out for yourself if you can't make it out on black friday remember to shop their products online at goldboys303.com that's goldboys303.com you'll receive 30 percent off site-wide on black friday and if you're buying in bulk call for your discount at seven two zero three seven two nine eight four three and they'll take good care of you gold boys where everything is gold second period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by the green solution i'm still rudo he's still aj we are talking about your questions today the next question comes from ken aj what is the best thanksgiving side dish stuffing yeah stuffing really yeah You'll see. You'll see a friendsgiving, man. Yeah, we'll see. I'm a fan of stuffing, but it's not my favorite. If I'm being truly honest, my favorite is mashed potatoes, just because you can do anything to mashed potatoes and they're still delicious. Yeah, you know, I'm yeah. having I'm having my favorite you're, potatoes. You're right not now, a potato so. man lately. I know. Right, so. right now, like my whole life, yes, and they are great. It just um, right now, I'm I'm struggling with them, so. Well, my guilty pleasure Thanksgiving side dish is cranberry sauce from a can. So I can understand not wanting potatoes because I definitely like some weird things at the dinner table when it comes to Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. But, you know, to each their own, I suppose. All right. Just a quick little fun one there with Thanksgiving coming up. Is is there a bad side dish for Thanksgiving? Anything with sweet potatoes is gross, if you ask me. Oh, you're not. You're not. Okay, that's fine. I'm. I'm just. Uh, like I'm. Like I. I won't eat like green beans regularly. But you put a green bean casserole in front of me on Thanksgiving. Just devour it anyway. And I'm. And I'm like, here we go. I'm a vacuum cleaner, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just the whole goal of Thanksgiving in, in general, I suppose. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right. Next question. This is another one that comes from World of Suck over on the DNVR.com. Again, if you really want your question asked, be sure to ask us on the website where we post the actual pods. That's the first place we always check. He asks, 
is Graves looking over at what Makar is doing and hurting his own game by mentally comparing himself to Makar as a fellow young guy in the decor? Basically, he goes on to say, is Graves trying too hard right now to keep up? No. No? You just think he's a little over his head when he moves above the top pairing? It is. That's it. All right. Simple enough. What would you like to see here? Because jumping off of this, we had a lot of people asking about both Connor Timmons and Callie Rosen and how you get them an opportunity. <laughs> Not sure. Um, no, I have an answer. Just not one people are going to like. <laughs> Uh, no, I think that there will be plenty that agree with me. I just don't think it's realistic. So, you know, I don't, I, I don't feel like it's a realistic option. So it almost feels like a waste of time to talk about. I see. Um, But to, to be honest with you, you trade Ian Cole. Uh, That would be pretty ideal. I agree. You, you either move Ian Cole for a guy that can, you know, Ian Cole and and put him for and maybe Colin Wilson for a guy that can play in Wilson's spot in the lineup. Sure. Or or don't even worry about it and just get a get a draft pick, get a get a third rounder or something. You know, something yeah. like that. And um, that's how I would fix the problem. I I agree. I think that would be the perfect way to fix it probably not the reality of what's going to happen but if you can move out a piece like that and just instantly fill it in it gives a lot more wiggle room for the abs who have been very tight on the defensive side so far this year yeah um i i finding an opportunity for rosen is something they have to want to do right i don't think finding an opportunity for timmins uh is hard because he's playing so well they love him already, and you know, I. The thing with Timmins and to a lesser extent Rosen is that you're then you know Makar has 20 NHL games, um, Graves has at this point what 50 NHL games, um, you know you're you're just talking about a lot of inexperience back there if you add then a Rosen or a Timmins, uh, to to the lineup, and to be honest, I just. We, we get into this this feedback loop of talking about AHL promotions. Uh, we get in before the season starts. It's like, hey, you need to look for opportunities to bring guys up. And then you get into the season and you're like, well, are the guys playing well? And I think Timmons has just outplayed Rosen. And that would be, I would bring Timmons up just because of that reason. That I think Timmons has been the Eagles' best defenseman, the best two-way guy. And the guy that I think is going to have a chance that... I think it benefits them more in the long run to bring Timmons up and put him in the lineup now and let him go through his growing pains versus trying to trying to feel like you quote unquote won the trade by forcing Rosen in there and into the lineup just because you're trying to force him in there. And it's not to say I don't want to see Rosen or give him an opportunity, but like I I want to see Rosen play better with the Eagles in order for that to happen. Uh, in order, in order for him to get the the opportunity, because if you're going to, if you were in my in my hypothetical here, you trade, uh, you you trade Ian Cole away, but 
you know, you call up Callie Rosen, there's no guarantee Callie Rosen will be as good as Ian Cole. It could, it could, it could get even worse. You know, the, the defense could get worse and the puck moving doesn't take a step up and the guy just completely falls apart in the NHL. And then, you know, you've moved out a piece and you've gotten, you've taken a step back all in the name of just trying to feel like you won the, won the trade and, and prove that like you went and got this guy and it was, it was a good move. Right. So I think, I think there's just more upside in Timmons. He would be my priority uh, between the two of them. And that's, you know, and that's, that's just because I think he's the better player. And I think we're at the point uh, we're, we're at the point where we need to see the abs just prioritize that you're the better player. Go and go and be the call up. So my take on this has been the same for a while. If you're directly calling someone up to immediately jump into the lineup, I'm with you. It should be Timmons. I do think he's played the best of the two and deserves honestly a legitimate shot to be in the abs top six at this point. But if you're looking at someone to be a seventh D that's where Rosen can be effective because at this point in his career, he doesn't really need more AHL games. He can get by just fine sitting in the press box. And the reality is his NHL future career may end up being a sixth, seventh type D. So that's something that he needs to be able to do and be capable of the problem there. As you already mentioned for Rosen to be the seventh D Either the Avs are going to take more injuries on the defensive side, someone needs to get moved, or the Avs need to move on entirely from Mark Barbario. And so far, it doesn't look like any of those things are going to happen. Right. And and I mean, not only that, but there's also Kevin Connaughton sitting right there. There is. I understand that. He has not been good enough. If we're talking about which players are the best, which players deserve the opportunity, I'm sorry, but Rosen and Timmons have been strictly better than he has. Uh, yeah, and like I don't, I don't disagree. I'm just, I'm just saying that that's we can't cut that out. It does exist. He does have 300 NHL games under his belt. It's not nothing, right? So you have to take a lot of things into consideration when when you're talking about things like this. Sticking with roster setup, lineup setup here, a lot of people asking about Burakovsky. You said Miko's not that far away from coming back. How do the Avs make that work? Is it Miko and Mac right back together again? Or do you want to explore this Burakovsky-McKinnon connection that they've kind of found a little bit over the last handful of games? I would give... I, you know, you know that they work. So I think there's a temptation to just go right back to it. Right. Yeah. But it's hard not to, I, I will say, uh, I think that I think, I think it'd be fun to see what Kadri and Rantanen could do. I like to see a little bit of that creativity together. Yeah. I think, uh, especially because Nico, he is such a good passer, such a good natural playmaker uh, that it, you know, and, and Kadri is just a, a shoot first center. Why not? It could work the same way uh, that that it has been with uh, McKinnon and watching their skills match together. It's just that Kadri and, and McKinnon kind of go about it in different ways. Yeah. Kadri 
it's it's a weird connection between McKinnon and Kadri there because they are both play the same role in different ways in that I think Kadri is actually a bit more creative at times, whereas McKinnon is just the bulldog as we've talked about. Mm-hmm. But I think sure. that also leads to Kadri hanging onto the puck a bit more at times. It's a weird situation because I do think Kadri tries to do too much a little bit too often for me. Well, and and I think that would be I mean, look who's playing with since he got right, to Colorado. Of course, he know? has to manage wingers that are playing way way above their head, but like and again, this is no no not a shot, but he's playing next to Valerie Nachushkin. Yeah. Like Nachushkin and JT Comfer, who has two goals this year. Yeah, Nachushkin has two points in eighteen games now, is it? So Yeah. Now has ninety one straight NHL <laughs> games. Without a goal. And yeah. Kadri's looking at that and going, Okay, so I'm shooting. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, is that I think that there's there's just a lack of trust right now in, in line mates just because they've been changing so much that he's like, I'm going to do what I know I can do. And, you know, I would, uh, you know, honestly, there are merits to using Miko however you want him and however you want to. I, I don't have a strong feeling either way. McKinnon or Kadri do do either. It's fine. Yeah. I- Miko makes you so much better in both situations that it almost just doesn't matter. The reality is the Avs have become when healthy, extremely versatile in their top six. Yeah. You have McKinnon as one C Kadri as two C everything on the wings on both sides can be flip flopped around. However you want to try it basically. Yeah, pretty much whatever you want to do. I would love to see uh, a, a Landeskog Kadri, uh, Burakovsky trio. That would when like could down the road when everybody is healthy. That's a whole lot of shooting potential on one line. Well, and what I like is that it's two shooters with a guy that uh, in in Landeskog <laughs> who's very underrated in playmaking, but also good puck retrieval. So if they go and they miss the net, you know he can go and dig it out. But he will also go and provide screens and tips for two shooters. So I and and I think two way Kadri and Landeskog would just be a <laughs> very hard to play against for sure. Yeah. I think um, it would be misery to be able to, to play against that line. Well, as we've kind of gone line by line down the Avs, if you need someone to help you go line by line through your taxes, there's a new alternative for addressing Ooh. those needs. You like that one? I was a fan. <laughs> I'm color color me a fan of that transition. Yes, sir. <laughs> Symbiotax and Administration provides its clients with honest and knowledgeable tax services from a licensed professional. You guys know we're all about taking care of our own, and George over at Symbiotax is a proud DNVR subscriber and diehard as fan. He actually got the trivia question the other night correct on Twitter, so he's in there. He knows his abs stuff. He is a proud DNVR subscriber as well. I think I already said that, but whether you have a small business, you're looking to rent out a room in your house, or if you just need to get your tax return filed, go to a qualified professional to understand your tax requirements. Don't end up at one of those tax chains. Call Symbiotax today for a free consultation at 720-366-4470 or visit them at Symbiotax.com. That's S-Y-M-B-I-O. 
tax.com. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. I'm Rudo. He's AJ. We are answering your questions, hopefully without any errors in the recording this time. Start off this segment with uh, Talking Avalanche Puck asks, could the NHL ever adopt a promotion relegation system like European leagues? And I think the answer to this is no, but if they could, what it would look like? Uh, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I, you would have to. You would have to tear all of it down. Yeah, you basically would have to start from scratch as it is because yeah. you'd have to rebuild the entire infrastructure of pro sports in North America. Yeah, to to do that in order to in order to try and copy that system. So I I don't even know where where to start. Uh, I don't know where, I don't know what it looks like. I just, I honestly don't, I, I don't. Honestly, I think hockey is probably the closest of the big four to being able to do this, or maybe basketball now that they have the G league. So sure. But even even then, then, right. You'd have to basically, you're not relegating the New York Knicks for the whatever sky force. Well, you'd have to completely redraft the entire league if that's what you're trying to do as well because as it stands right now most minor league teams are just prospect fodder for the for the pro league teams and if you're playing the heads up the minor league teams would never win ever yeah so it, it, the relegation would kind of be irrelevant in that even the Ottawa Senators in their most brutalist of times would should still be able to handle any minor league team in a three to five game series. I mean, the 16, 17 abs would have worked whatever AHL team was that year. Right. So whatever that top team was in that year, as it stands with the way that talent is separated, it's just, it's not something that can possibly function. It would be interesting. I, I would be curious to see how that worked things out. It's certainly a solution to avoid tanking, but again, the U.S. is just not set up for that style of sport. Yeah, North North American sports infrastructure just does not. It would not support it. Yeah, simple as that. Next question, Mary asks. How optional is an optional practice? Do players Ooh. just decide staying in bed that morning instead of practicing, or do they have certain <laughs> reasons to show up? Uh, no, you have to be at practice. Uh, it's the optional part is what you do on ice. Yep. Uh, you still have to come in. You have to work out. You have to check in. You have to go through a video session. Uh, whatever, whatever they have planned for that day. You know, sometimes they don't. You know, not every day will be a video session. Usually a a day like today's optional practice, there will be a video session because they played last night. So they'll want to break it down and talk about a few things uh, and then take a look ahead tomorrow, especially with no morning skate. They will look ahead at uh, Toronto, although I I think it's interesting. It would be interesting to talk to the to someone about how they prepare for a game like tomorrow where they just had a coaching change and you don't really know what they're going to be doing. Uh, that would be interesting, but for the most part, you don't do a lot of very specific game planning for upcoming opponents. Anyway, you just do a little bit, uh, and it's mostly special team stuff. 
So uh, I would say, um, you know, it's not optional is basically on ice only, but they still have to be there. They still have to go through all the other aspects of the practice. They just maybe get to leave an hour or two early. Get out of there when they can. They're still there. They just don't have to skate if they've played on a five-game Western Canada road trip and they're exhausted. And uh, honestly, uh, if nobody if nobody asks uh, to talk For to media, that guy, yeah. yeah, then they they're they're out of there. And if they and if PR can't find them, then you know, there's no guarantee. Yes, they're gone. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, well, we had that we had that during training camp this year when AJ Greer slipped by Evan when yeah. Evan was trying to t- try to talk to him. It happens. They, it does. They try yeah. to sneak out of there. Yeah, it's still work. You want to leave work when you can. Yeah, definitely. All right. Next question. I'm going to change it a little bit. It comes from Meeks, but he asks. Should the Pepsi Center sell food items that are a sin against humanity, like in baseball? Yeah. <laughs> and so once you've said yes, what are some of your favorite foods from arenas around the world or just in general that you would add into this category at the Pepsi Center? Uh, I mean, I don't um, I don't eat at arenas. Uh, I don't eat at like, – I go to Coors Field. I don't, I don't eat there. Um, the only thing I do is either drink beer or lemonade. <laughs> So, um, I don't tend to eat food at arenas and stuff. So this is honestly, this is totally lost on me, which sucks. Uh, but I'm, I love the idea of it. I do love when places, uh, make these like monstrosities and, uh, it's like a, you know, it's, it's just a publicity thing. I, I think more places should do that. Two items. One, tornadoes. Absolute must. Best thing to eat at the Coors Field. Yeah. They are. Gotta have them at the Pepsi Center. I want them on every corner because I will just eat them forever. Number two. But that's not a crime against or the sin against humanity. Those are are very reasonably like those are yummy. Not like, you know, not like these like have like this quadruple burger with, yeah. you know, four half pound beef patties stacked with, you know, three ribs and six, 16 onion rings with yeah. 16 slices of cheese in every layer, you know, and you're just like, what in the, how do you even begin to eat this thing? Triple Decker ice cream sandwich. <laughs> right. Or like, you know, the, the closest thing that they had was, uh, at Coors Field with the with the apple nachos, the cinnamon apple nachos. Yeah. They, with, they put cheese and chips and cinnamon apples. <laughs> that sounds so awful. And it's delicious. It's so good. But, like, that's <laughs> the closest thing that I'm like, oh, I don't eat at arenas. And, like, I'm like, oh, no, I've eaten at Coors Field before. But, no, it's stuff like that, you know, where I better preparation for this question. I could have given you examples. Especially because uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks are pretty well known for this. They do something stupid every year where they're just like, here's our big thing that we do every year. <laughs> and I always want to go down there and see a game just to do it. Just, I would just take to try their stupid food. What the Atlanta Falcons are doing 
over crazy food every day of the week, though, in actual affordable prices. That is such a cool idea where they cap it. Yeah. And it's like, what is it, like $4 or something? Like, it's very reasonably priced. Yeah. It's like beers are, you're not like going, oh my God, this is so expensive. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I think that's brilliant because uh, a guy like me is going to spend money at a place like that if I'm, if it's going to be affordable like that. I I think, you know, at that point you're relying on people, you know, buying twice as much to try and make up uh, for the lack of markup that right, you're charging right. but i also just think that it provides the fan with a much better experience and it just doesn't it feels like for once it would feel like an, a sports organization just isn't reaching into your pocket at every turn you know because yeah. it's like i i'm happy to buy jerseys and mugs and coasters and t-shirts and gear you know and keychains and and bottle openers and all that crap. But when I go to an actual game, I don't love the idea of standing in line and then paying $13 for a personal pizza. You know, it's just like, come on. Or like the, so many of the nachos that they serve at, at games are like, like movie nachos where it's like a little carton of like, extremely basic tortilla chips and then like that that cheese sauce that comes out of a dispenser that's just been running in there and churning all day long and it's just like how is this eight dollars it's like it's it's costing you 75 cents to give it to me (laughs) with the memorabilia and things like that you can't really get that authentic stuff anywhere else when it comes to beer and food, you can wait till the game's over, drive five minutes to downtown Denver and get that stuff for half the price or less, and it'll taste better. So yeah. there's just competition in that regard, and having to way overpay because it's in the arena feels bad. I, I would also like to say, um, just harking back to my experience in Winnipeg this summer, uh, when I went to a couple of those baseball games, Food diversity, big thing. Yeah, it was so cool because you go to a you go to a game, uh, you go to a Pepsi, you know, you go to Pepsi Center, you go to Coors Field, and you see it's like the same like five American foods that you know are are at every sporting event. Pizzas, nachos, exactly, exactly, man. And like there were there were people there that were getting like pierogies and poutine, and you know. Like churros, which again, like very common, um, but it was just the diversity of food options. I that was awesome, and I would love to see more arenas, more sporting events embrace wider uh, a wider variety of of food options. Yes, I'm one hundred percent with that. One more quick question here. A couple people were asking about calling up Shane Bowers and Martin Kautz. Both of them are still injured as far as we know. Kaut has been out for quite a while now. Uh, Bowers was pulled out last weekend. Not exactly sure. I'm expecting an update here soon as the Eagles are about to play tonight. So hopefully we'll have more information there. But they're both hurt. So even if... Some of us want them called up. It's just not the reality at the moment. Right. And that just sucks. Yeah. 
it, especially for Bowers too, as he was finally starting to find that momentum in the AHL. But yeah, he was he was really starting to push. But that's the way it goes right now for the Avs. Lots of injuries, top to bottom. Call All it right. Connor Timmons. There you go. Yeah, is that your final thought on the Avs for today? Call up Connor Timmons. I'll take that as a yes. That is going to do it for the show for us today. As always, thank you for listening. Hope you liked our answers to some of your questions, and we will be back on Monday. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician, where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have referred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com.